0: Hello, beautiful humans. I'm so glad to have you here again today. And today I want to introduce you to a very special guest. This is the lovely Anna Malikian, who I met recently and just had to share her with you because she cannot be kept to herself. She is a person that must be shared. And so the thing that I want to tell you about Anna to start out with is that she is a self-professed optimist, but she wasn't always that way. Anna, believe it or not, had to overcome not one but two bouts with cancer, and she came out stronger on the other side. And so that's why she's such an inspiration to me. And I wanted her to be able to meet with you and tell you about her own personal journey. Anna is also the director of education for Book Yourself Solid. She's a board certified coach. She's a member of the IFC, which is the International Coach Federation, and she's also the host of her own podcast called The Mindset Zone. The thing that I love about Anna is that she really speaks about happiness and what it takes to not pursue happiness, but to be happy from the inside. Welcome to the Human Beauty Movement, Anna. I'm so happy to have you here.
1: So happy to be here.
0: First off, why don't we tell everybody who's watching today a little bit about you. You grew up in Portugal, I understand. That's where that sexy accent comes from.
1: Yes, correct. (laughs) I was born and raised in Portugal. And as soon as I cooled, that was in my late teens, I started to travel and to study abroad. So I studied in England, I studied in Spain, and now I live in Phoenix, Arizona
0: wonderful wonderful tell us about you know your wellness journey like were you were you following along a specific path until your adulthood and then you know what shifted for you as far as what you would consider wellness whether that be physically or mentally or from a soul perspective
1: i was lucky to be born and raised in portugal in a house middle class very stable with a uh, home made food all the time, loads of fish. My grandfather was a Mm -hmm. fisherman. So I had a very good upbringing in many different ways, including the wellness, both physical and psychological. And in uh, even when I was by myself and by my own in terms of food, in terms of exercise, not that I was perfect, of course, but I always strive to Eat the best and the organic and cooking, uh, organizing myself to be able to cook mainly after I had my daughter Mm. and exercising too. I always realized the importance that that we have to take care of ourselves. That doesn't mean that I didn't abuse my limits. (laughs) Do tell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, because mainly after, um, yeah, in our, my teens and I young adult would, but then then the body can deal, I think better with that. But honestly, after I had my daughter, I really, one of the things that I absolutely did the lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we are lucky to have a baby that is wonderful in the evening and everything is roses at that level, possibly we'll have other challenges. I possibly the first year I didn't sleep well when, Mm -hmm. and then I got into the the rhythm of pushing my limits at that level. And I was sleeping less than five hours at night. If I have to think about uh, one trigger, because things like cancer and other illness out there, (laughs) like my oncologist told me, there is not one reason, there is not a cause. But if, Every time that I replay my life circumstances, and uh, we know that genetically we did some studies that I don't have any of the known ones. If there is one thing that I think triggered the ten, what happened for me was the stress and the lack mm-hmm. of sleep.
0: Mm. very, very common, just uh, for a variety of reasons. It could be because you're a new mom, it could be because of stresses of work, or just relationship, or us just being so hard on ourselves, right? We always want to see what we can do to get to that next level. And that pushes us and motivates us to just probably, you know, do more with our bodies and, in, in, you know, than, than we should in any given amount of time. And so, yeah, valuing rest, I think, is really coming much more to the forefront as like a key pillar of wellness and one that I think a lot of us had taken for granted before.
1: And another thing, obviously, of that pushing was the pushing culture. I can push a little bit more. And the, the hard work kind of, I deserve success only if I work really, really hard. And mm-hmm. I'm getting things happening, so I have to keep pushing. And I can do being a mom and also having my own business I love to give help but I hate to ask for help yeah Uh, so all those dynamics and even things that I don't like regret because I think we only can change the future but things that I say really and you could have been a little bit more clever I delay I felt something in my breast uh, was not the typical bump was because the, the type of cancer that I had is called inflammatory breast cancer. So it's like an inflammation, like a must uh, So was not the typical thing that you expect that cancer to be. So I thought, oh, so I delay. I didn't immediately when I noticed, went to my gynecologist. Mm-hmm. I delay until it was convenient that was break the winter break of my daughter that okay now i have time to look at myself mm. and that when i i look back is oh <laughs> I, I okay that was not very clever of my part and i was very lucky uh um even like that or you say the doctor says that that didn't be, because the type of cancer is very aggressive so they're not that done a big difference but even how you say for everybody, if you notice something, do something. Don't uh, we regret more what we don't do than what we do? So,
0: yeah. Do you think that it might have been a bit of denial or sheer inconvenience? This is like yeah, all of that. There yeah.
1: was the the inconvenience. It's not convenient now to stop everything that I'm juggling because the balls can drop. I can wait until, and there was a denial. I. I exercised, I ate healthy, I was very, I was fit, uh, feeling energy that I could take on the world. So the thought of me having cancer was not, no, that that will not happen to me. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, and because was not the typical kind of lump that we are alert for, if you feel that, then do that. Because was a little bit different, I managed to rationalize, ah, okay, the body will take care of it.
0: Mm -hmm. Once you get a diagnosis like that, what what goes through your head? What runs through your mind? How are you feeling? Uh,
1: No, it's really when people speak about, and it's not just cancer. There are the situations that I think people describe in the same way. And I was not just the description. I was living at the things slow down. Suddenly, it was a cartoon, like a big thing bump in the head. And we are like uh, reorienting ourselves and everything becomes almost in slow motion. And uh, there is a numbness of the situation. We cannot Mm -hmm. believe really, but it's really true. Are we dreaming? Are we awake? There is all these different things going on and then First, I went to my gynecologist and she could not see me was the practitioner nurse. And when she saw us, you know, that something serious was and I saw her face getting white. I Mm -hmm. said, "Okay, this is not good. And they didn't uh, didn't let me leave the building without me to have an appointment with uh, a breast surgeon that specializes in um, many types of these situations. Then a couple of days later to go, and that is when things start to realize what is going on. But then you have exam after exam. You have to find an oncologist. You have to find the radiologist. You have to try to understand what is going on. So there are so uh, overload of information, of things. This is a strange feeling. And I had the full soup. My husband, I, I was lucky enough that I had a husband that was there in my sight helping me, a mm-hmm. uh, family that was helping me with my daughter and all of that. So because there are people that are not so lucky to have a network of support, I have an health insurance. I cannot I absolutely I cannot think about the situation if I didn't have a good health insurance. How cool I would say because when you start even with the coupe and we have to keep a record of everything. Whoa, it, yeah. uh, it's scary how much everything's add up, so it's absolutely crazy. Uh, but my mindset at the time when that happened was, okay, this is a big challenge, but I can, I really can beat this. I can, I I will, uh, let's focus, let's, um, they gave me a plan, there is hope, so let's do it. When is the next step, and I'm here to do it. So I really got my the fighter inside me to do it. And I braved to the treatments and all of that. And at the same time, I was feeling some resentment towards my body. I felt betrayed by mm. my body. Mm. How I treat you reasonably well. Why do you do this to me? Mm-hmm. I know that I was not perfect in the way that I, but I was seeing that this association, I was like, oh, come on. How? I don't deserve this. Why is this happening to me? But I was feeling there, there was negative feelings towards my body. How can, it's almost the the extreme dissociation of our head from the body. How can you do this to me? So it was interesting. But I came in the other side after all the treatments, all the surgeries, everything, Mm -hmm. because it takes a toll in so many levels. I I use the expression that I really held my breath. Like when we are in a tough situation, we can survive this, we can do this, let's gather all our strength to do this. And two years later, when I was really going back to relax, enjoying my glass of wine with my chocolate and all those beautiful things, we were um, in Portugal, then we came back and I had my regular mammogram for the other breast. I went there, there's just thinking it's a regular one, because it cannot happen again. That kind of thought is like, no, this was once I did everything I was doing. And then uh, the technician, she goes out, come back. Uh, it's better if we do also the ultrasound, right? but you still discount that. And then when the doctor comes in and say, OK, what is going on here? I was a a different type of cancer, a more common type of cancer, but was like, again, another like that you are Mm -hmm. even not being as dangerous as the first cancer, because the first one was stage three B. So the first one, obviously, was really scary at many levels. And the second one, thank God, was not at that level, but was more psychologically there is something else that I have to learn here. Mm -hmm. One of the big differences that I took the second time around is that first I, okay, I don't know if there is a tomorrow. That was the first time I think I denied even that thinking about that possibility. Mm -hmm. But the second time we don't know what is going to happen. So I had that looking to that fatal, the limitations, our mortality was very, strong the second time, I cannot just hold my breath and do it again. I have to face this. I realize how lucky I was that my body was strong enough to handle all the treatments again, Mm -hmm. and I really start to embrace. Yes, the cancer came and all of that, but whoa, I'm strong enough to get another round of chemo and come in one piece in the other side and manage to keep the schedule. Let's treat and I I start to do keto diet. That really helped me a lot. I went to the conventional treatment, but I did all the other things even more Mm -hmm. the the second round to give me the better chances and try to enjoy absolutely the little things. Mm -hmm. And, And that was a big shift. It was the second time that my, I use a lot of mindset work and visualizations and stuff in the first time. But the shift in terms of my attitude towards life changed a lot when I went in the second time. Mm, amazing.
0: Do you think that it was a gradual process or was there just a moment when you knew you were like, you know what, this is a blessing or, you know, the way that you look at something can, can either bury you or it can raise you up, right? Uh,
1: absolutely. Mm. I think was not just one moment. There are moments, and then it's the accumulation of these moments, and th- there was an attitude change that I cannot pinpoint, okay, this happened, and it was, okay, how do I deal with it, all the dealing with the situation? Mm. Yes, I learned from it. Yes, I'm a better person. Now then I, I feel better with myself on so many levels. I still cannot say that it's a blessing. It's part of life. I see it more happen. It's not, I don't have negative, I manage to be neutral about. Mm, mm. Yes, when it happens these things, uh, my philosophy was always what is the best that I can take out of the situation. So I really embrace that about the situation. It's tough you say it's not something that I ever wish to anybody else or we can learn. There are always uh, my message out there when I speak about positivity and the, the power of uh, That happiness doesn't need to be a destination. Happiness is really a choice that we do in the day-to-day by focus on small stuff. We don't need to go over these life-threatening situations Mm -hmm. to learn that. My big thing, okay, listen to our voices because our internal voice is there for a long time, trying to call our attention, to be more whole and to grow. And I listen to some of it, but I also ignore other parts of it. And I think if we help people just to be more aware of their inner wisdom Mm -hmm. can be transformational without having to have this kind of big live events for us to grow.
0: I think there are some real interesting nuggets. One of them is the non-judgmentalness of any situation. The idea, I'm not going to label it good. I'm not going to label it bad. I'm not going to label it a lesson. I'm not going to label it a curse. It just is. And we move on because then you're not necessarily associating such emotion with that tie, which will then hold you back. It's just, this is part of life. This is a fact of life. And of course, when you're, when you first face with it, it's, you know, inevitably shocking, but once you get over that and you realize the only way to move forward is to move forward. I can't stay stagnant here. I've got to carry on. And the other interesting thing that you mentioned is that it's those small things. It's not like the, skies part and the seas, you know, it's not, it's not like this grand aha. Like I think a lot of people think that these mindset conclusions are that just hit you over the head. And all of a sudden you become a new person because of some calamity or some, something that happened in your life. It's just these little micro moments and these micro choices along the way about how can I make the best of this? How can I be the better for it? How can I handle this so that it's positive. And those are the things that get you through it. Those little choices every single moment of every single day.
1: I could not agree more. Small things, even after you go through any, even sometimes can be just a scare of going to drive and there is a situation that scares us and we realize, mm-hmm. oh, how, how lucky I was. And then when we hug our kids and, oh, gosh, I had this chance to hug them again. Or when we look to something with the fresh eyes, mm-hmm. the small details. And when we allow ourselves to smell the roses and taste of our coffee, if we like coffee or the tea, but the small stuff.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. And so afterwards, do you think that there was a change in how you wanted to live your life? Or are you are you saying like, now, you know, these things happened? Obviously, you've, you've said that you've changed your diet, and you know, you're doing other things that could contribute to more wellness in the future, but notwithstanding, anything can happen. We all know this.
1: There was a big change. Personal development was always an important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I embraced that even more. I really start to learn from my performance and from my performers about how to be very strategic about the use of the time and the, our energy levels. I start to realize that we can achieve a lot, be more in this instead of being the push, 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 be be learning how to find the flow, how to be in that zone. But I kept things going that say, how can you keep that going? I'm learning how to do this in a different way. And after with the second one was more I had learned of lots of the how to do it in the in the first go and how to become more efficient and all of that. The second way around was more digging in my why and the purpose. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was because I had start with the tools. I have better tools than to really not keep delaying mm-hmm. to the future. Okay, when I have time, I will do that. No, mm-hmm. now is the time to do that.
0: That's fascinating too. I'm, and I'm going to go and build off of something that you had said before, which was, you know, when you were all of a sudden faced with something dire there there's this resentment and there's this, you know, this either, some people get angry, some people get sad, upset, like there's, there's a whole gamut of emotions that that go on about that. But what I think that a lot of people wish to do is to be able to heal from the feelings of resentment Mm -hmm. Like, how can they not resent their own bodies, whether they are well, whether they are are not well? There's a lot of people that resent the package that they have (laughs) been brought into this world. What do you think are some mindset tips that people can abide by that can help to release those kinds of tensions, that kind of anguish?
1: For me, personally, was really embracing the mindset shift, not just to be an intellectual thing, but realizing that I am my body and my body is me. Even if we believe that after we pass off this existence, there is something else, at the moment, we are this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if we are in this miracle, whatever, how you want to define is absolutely even in a rational an atheist has to recognize that this being a human being is that is capable of thinking the way that we think and try to grasp the mysteries of the universe is something very peculiar unique and extraordinary in so many different levels so there is something really incredible in all human beings. Where we are at the moment, how we are at the moment, the body is part of the, the package and we cannot disassociate one to the other. So we don't choose how we but we can take care of our temple, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Of course, in terms of systems and society, we allow building a culture and a society that accepts diversity of every kind from color to shape to different ways of expressing ourselves. I had, for me, my way was learning how to love myself as I am. Loving ourselves and accepting as we are doesn't mean that we cannot strive to improve. I think there is a dance between these two things, and we really have to get uh, enjoying that. I liken it as to being satisfied
0: with who you are and where you are, but eager for more, eager for that growth, looking forward to and exciting for what's yet to come and that journey. It's interesting because when you were saying... There is this mindset that we have as, as humans that, you know, because we're so busy, we have jobs, we have families, there's so much going on that we have to do that we seem to delay our gratification. We, do, we delay our happiness, or we, we postpone it and put it into some mysterious future and say, I'll be happy when it's the weekend. I'll be happy when I make that money. I'll be happy when I get that promotion or when I retire or when I, whatever it can be. We're delaying our own happiness. Well, wouldn't it be better to live as if you are happy every single moment now? You know, I think that it's it's funny because I often think like at, when we were young, time used to almost stand still. It was almost like a, a day was so long. A week was forever, forever. Waiting for the next Christmas was like torture. You know, it's like... <laughs> But now that we're adults, we're constantly pre-planning with one year, five year, 10 year plans. It's like we forget what year we're in. We forget what, you know, what day it is (laughs) of the week. And we forget to be happy in this moment and look around and really just breathe and slow down and release that stress and and know that everything is really okay And that no matter what comes your way, you know,
1: Uh, uh, absolutely. And that uh, was a lesson because even when things are tough, because I still remember the small, small stuff uh, of, for instance, the, the, the food that really tastes like, you lose, this, you lose mm-hmm. the taste and the smell and um, all this cardboard kind of thing, but you still have to feed yourself. And visually, I still could see, so I, okay, what could I make it to look nice, the table, the colors of the food, the small stuff that Make us, even when we are in pain, or okay, when we are in pain, we have to find ways of uh, minerate that. But afterwards, he says, when we get up one day and feel a little bit better oh, I'm feeling better, that is great. Mm-hmm. Really pay attention to the small stuff. Those are beautiful words.
0: Are there any other parting thoughts, any mantras, or affirmations, or quotes that you have as your favorites that you would want to share? Be
1: gentle with yourself, Mm -hmm. wherever you are, whatever is your life story, whatever are the circumstances and the challenges. Be gentle with yourself.
0: Beautiful, beautiful words, Anna Malikin. It was so lovely to speak to you today. Thank you so much for joining us on the human beauty movement.